Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages and get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Carrie Chaput is an award-winning historical fiction author. She believes in the power of stories that highlight young women and found families. Her writing has been described as a nonstop thrill ride with the perfect mix of action, adventure, and romance. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell me the most interesting thing about where you are from. So I don't know about the most interesting, but it's definitely probably the most unique thing. I live in Bend, Oregon, which is in the center part of the state. And we have the very last and only blockbuster store that is still in existence. That is awesome. (laughs) That is definitely interesting. I mean, it's like, what? what? I don't know why we're the one that like made it, but I've actually never been in it. I need to do that one of these days. It's still open functioning, like, and I think they have an Airbnb that you can actually rent it out for a night and watch movies and like have popcorn and stuff. That's hysterical. Yeah. (laughs) Live in the 90s again. Maybe they also filmed that scene from Captain Marvel there because it was a blockbuster. And I remember watching that and thinking, where did they find a blockbuster? Well, did they have to build one? (laughs) Maybe they just used ours. (laughs) I'll bet they did. Okay, so let's find out a little bit more about you to get to know you better. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, or since you're a historical author, I would say when, where would you live and why? Well, where I would live is the UK. That's always been my dream, actually, to retire there. I don't know. We'll see if that happens. But my dad was born in Scotland, and I just have a very strong connection to that part of the world. We try to go back to visit every few years. And um, I just, I don't know, kind of feel like I'm home when I'm there. Mm. And I love the food of the people. I love the cities and the history. And of course, obviously, I love the history. But time period wise, people ask me that all the time. Like, if you could go back to any time period, where would you go? And I would say all of them. I mean, I'm fascinated by <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Probably not like medieval or way back because... That's like some crazy stuff that was happening back there. Yeah, might be a little too scary. Might be a little too scary, exactly, (laughs) for my modern sensibilities. But yeah, I love I love anything from like seventeen hundred on or sixteen hundred on. So any any time period I'll take. But as far as places, definitely the UK. That's fun, and you know I keep hearing over the years we've heard that food is not good in England, but now I'm hearing that that's not actually true. So it makes me deeply curious. It's very different. You know, it's lots of like meat and potatoes and it's a different kind of fare. But I guess if you go out of the main areas and into like the small restaurants and the family owned restaurants, it is so good. It's like the best potatoes you've ever had in your life. And Edinburgh, where my family is from, has the best fish and chips I've ever tasted in my entire life. Mm. So no, I would disagree with that. We just, there's not a lot of spices except for in London, they really love curry So they've got some incredible Mm. Indian food there. So yeah, I would disagree with that. Well, that's good to know because I would, I really am a food person. I married into an Italian family and so it's all about the food. Required. Yes. Right. Right. So let's keep on the subject of dinners and food. So if you could have, if you could have dinner with any four people alive or dead, who would it be? 
what would you chat about? And it's the question is, what would you have for dessert? But since we're talking about food, I'll leave the question open. Did you say four people? Four people. Oh, geez, that's pressure, Kathleen. (laughs) Well, the number one would be Eleanor Roosevelt. Absolutely. hands Mm. down. She's always my top answer. She's my favorite historical figure. She's so underrated. And she's contributed so much to our society that especially for women's rights and children's rights that we don't realize started with her. Mm. So I would chat with her about what it was like to be controversial at the time. The FBI Mm. had taken out a whole list of people watching her to make sure that she wasn't communist and all that. She was very (laughs) controversial at the time, but she was so mild-mannered and quiet and careful with her words. I love that, that she wasn't outwardly in people's faces trying to make change. She was doing it quietly, just in her own way. And so I would ask her about that, what it would be like to, to do that. And then I think I would like to ask that question too, because yeah. you know, there's so much that we there's so much anger right now. And yes. how do you deal with things that need to be changed without being angry? I like, I really like that. It is really hard because I have definitely dipped into that anger at times too, but it's so overwhelming and it's not productive. And she channeled that. She took all of that negative energy towards her and she got stronger and stronger. And actually her more influential years were after her husband died. Mm. You know, that's such a good answer. I'm going to give you a pass on the other thing. Oh, thank goodness. I was like, well, I'm <laughs> okay, let's move into talking about your book that's coming out, Daughter of the Shadows. Great. This is coming out when again? The 30th of this month. March 30th. 30th of March. And this is part of a series, correct? It is. It's the second in a trilogy. Very good. So tell us where the book is set and what's particularly important about that. It is set in 17th century Quebec and France. And the story, as I said, is the second in the series. The first one, Daughter of the King, started in France. And it's based on the true story of the French orphans that the king paid to move to Canada to help with the population problem. And it really is an incredible story in history that I didn't know about until I started researching. And these women were given unprecedented power at the time. So they went from extreme poverty in France and given this brand new life in Canada. And not only were they, they were paid, they were given a farm, they were paid passage, protection by the king, but they were allowed to interview and choose the husbands. The husbands were not choosing Whoa. them. Yeah. So it's was like, oh, I need to write about this. And at the time, which was really neat, the king allowed them to get married by a notary, not in the church. And so they could break their marriage contracts if they wanted. Hmm. So for the time, for 17th century, like I could not believe these women have this amount of power. And so if you're French Canadian, they say you're almost guaranteed to be descended from one of these 800 women. So that's why it goes from France to Canada. And in the first book, so my, my main character, Isabel, she's Protestant. And in order to get this opportunity and to save her life, she has to convert to Catholicism. And, you know, she had a really, really hard life as a Protestant. And so the question now becomes... Can you really ever change who you are and your beliefs and your faith? And Mm -hmm. so in book two, she has made some choices and is dealing with the repercussions of that. And so she is now married and she has to basically turn spy against her deceitful Catholic husband in order to save her people back in France. Wow. That sounds fascinating. It was fun to research. So did you always envision this story? Like, was this always a trilogy? Was this always part of it? 
I think so. I remember Daughter of the King was only the second book I ever wrote. So I rewrote it, I don't know, 12 times, right? Right. And so over the course of that, the whole time, part of the problem was I felt like I couldn't get all of this information into one book. It was just such a huge story. So I always hoped that I would get the opportunity to keep going with it. And then my publisher offered me the series and I said, great, let's do it. And so now I am about halfway done with the rough draft of book three. That's very exciting. This all sounds very fascinating. Thanks. Yeah. Like I said, it was a wild ride to research. Yeah, I'll bet. I could go down the research question rabbit hole, but let's talk a little bit about writing process in general. Okay. Let's ask what piece of advice do you think has been the most helpful to you in your writing journey? I had a writing teacher who said, no writing is ever wasted. And I think about that almost every day. I'm a pantser. I just write very intuitively. I almost 100% just rely on intuition. I read all the crafts books. I do that. But I let that sit in the back of my brain so that when I'm doing these rough drafts, I could just let the story fly and go as wild as I possibly can. I'm one of the few people who actually has to pull back the story because it's too big (laughs) and too much. And so... I loved that because he kind of gave me license to write the wrong thing and let it be okay. Even if you Mm -hmm. erase it, it gets me where I need to go in my head in the story. So I frequently erase my work. I have rewritten entire manuscripts twice. And I don't mind it. I feel like that advice allowed me to not be afraid to pursue the story. That's really amazing. So when you look at that, do you see that as like you erase it, but you keep the file somewhere and then go back to it and say, maybe someday I'll pull this out? Or is it just the fact that it's not wasted in terms of it was part of the journey to get you where you needed to go? Probably the second part. I mean, the manuscripts that I have rewritten, I have been able to save parts of it that I really loved or segments that you wrote that you, that's really beautiful. I'm going to keep that. But the majority of those words that I have had to rewrite have sat in a folder and I've never looked at them again. Right. Yeah. I always do that too. I put a bunch of stuff in an orphan's folder and then it just sits there. It's pretty nice to know that it's there, but honestly, you know how you grow as a writer with every book. If I went back and read that now, I'd probably cringe. I don't really want to read it. (laughs) (laughs) So how many books do you have published now? I have one, two, three. This will be my fourth, Daughter of the Shadows. Okay. So you have enough to call it a genuine, bona fide writing career now. Oh, I love it. Thank you for that. What has surprised you the most about your writing career? Honestly, I think the career itself is just barely starting and I'm learning every day about the industry and it changes so much. But I think the most that I've learned is about myself. And I didn't start writing until I was 40. I didn't even have the courage to do it, even though I've always wanted to. And so I've surprised myself at how... I've been able to push forward with this dream that I've had and like not give up or not slow down. I just keep pushing harder and you get used to rejections and I am the most sensitive person ever. So getting comfortable with that has been a huge growing thing for me. And then you start realizing like, okay, I don't have the giant publishing contract yet, but you know what? I've got foreign rights deals. I've got audiobooks. I've got awards. Like you start building up these little pieces along your journey that really fill your confidence and it pushes you forward. And so I've been surprised at how some of the quote unquote smaller advancements and achievements have totally brightened my interest in continuing to do this for the rest of my life. Hmm. 
So where's the best place for folks to find you if they want to learn more? My website is great for that, carriewrites.com. I have two blogs. One's just my normal writer type blog. And then I also have a second blog, which features interesting women from history. And so I do little stories on them, which is also on my TikTok page, which is Carrie Writes as well. And Carrie, so that's K-E-R-R-Y. Right. W-R-I-T-E-S. Exactly. So carriewrites.com. Okay, very good. All right. Well, let's take it out. Let's uh, finish up today by asking you what book or story inspires you the most? Just at this point in time. At this point in time, still the book that I just adore so much is The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Mm. I finished that, you know, however many years ago I finished it. I mean, I stayed up into the night reading, which... I don't stay up for late for anything, but I could not, put down. <laughs> but I stayed into the night, just crying, reading this book going, this is the most amazing story. I think she's an incredible storyteller, but then also, you know, I write action adventure historicals. And so I want to be inspired. I want to be pushed kind of to the limits of what we are capable of as women. And she did that in the nightingale. And I finished that book and I thought, I want to do something inspiring with my life. It actually helped me push forward as a writer, that book. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. I think it's amazing reading. If anyone hasn't read it yet, they should. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it is a great book. Well, that's very good. I'm also inspired by Kristen Hanna because she manages to do so many different time periods. Yeah. And her career has been so long and she is just getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. It gives us all hope. It gives us all hope. And we all need that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Carrie. Uh Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at author express podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.